Hi, I'm Zach, and I rock. <laughs> that was a good one. Let's keep it short and sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My name's Caitlin, and I know what we're going to be talking about, and I have no intro. Oh, and this is manipulating the masses. <laughs> Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. No intro. No intro is an intro in and of itself. No intro. I think way to get like meta with it. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's great. And it's, it's rightfully, I think this is a good one to pass on because I asked you uh, before the show if you knew what the pet rock was and you gave an emphatic no. Um, so I'm excited to give you the history of the pet rock uh, and go over the story and then um, do some marketing prompts like we did in recent episodes at the end and, and build a campaign uh, on the fly. Okay. So, <laughs> how are you feeling? Is it that you just you you have no idea what the pet rock is? There, like it's you, kinda, you, I think you legitimately don't know. I am now on the other side of our ASMR podcast, where I thought maybe you would have an idea of ASMR, and you were just blank stare. So now I know <laughs> what that feels like, and yeah. there's just a hundred different things going through my head, like what marketing company created the pet rock where did this come from what <laughs> company are we talking about like is this a social media phenomenon no clue like there's just a hundred ideas going through my head on where this could possibly stem from and how it relates to marketing so uh, so jump off i love it i'm so excited i'm so excited so um the pet rock is was a uh, a craze a trend that captured the imaginations and the wallets of americans in the 1970s uh it was a fad it was a trend and yes yes caitlin you're physically raising your hand but to listeners at home caitlin was very polite and raised her hand so yes Question. go ahead uh before we even start <laughs> yes what how did you get here like, how were you like, I think I'm going to oh. do a deep dive on the pet rock. It, it came to, this is going to sound terrible. I, it came to me in a dream where I was talking to a rock. No. It, it was a weird dream. I don't want to even get into specifics, but like, I was like conversing with a rock. And then I had known about the pet rock. Like it's, it's an anecdote. It's a joke. And it was like my parents like like gave me the rundown when I was a kid. Um, and we'll get into the reason why they gave me the rundown as a kid. But uh, it was like a thing when they were kids, okay, you know, and so like they had dream. told me stories. And then it stemmed from a dream overall where I was talking to a rock and I was like, that was like a real pet rock experience. But um, I thought this, we've been heavy lately. Like we're talking about like the military and alcohol. I was like, let's just do a light one. Let's do one that we can like laugh at a little bit. Um, but the reason why I think it's relevant for this podcast is the Pet Rock is a, a brand, a story uh, that is pure 
pure marketing. It's a revenue stream that is marketing in its purest form, literally building value from a rock through marketing and making a significant amount of money it's like doing that. the sales so, tactic when you interview for a sales position they're like sell me this pencil and you have to sell them a pencil exactly just next exactly level. and it this was a rock it was a rock but the marketing around it was so robust that it it took off and it was like a craze for a while like i think one or two years probably like this was like a thing and we'll get into the numbers it was very much a thing um but before we do that i just had a fun you asked me like where this came from i had a fun question i think uh keeping inanimate objects as pets is is something that kids do i've seen it happen before did you do you have any memories of like having like a pet thing as a kid like do you ever like keeping i have a story you know but like do you do you remember like having anything an imaginary friend uh 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 pet toaster. I don't know. I am racking my brain. <laughs> you were uh, one of those kids. You were I, like a well-adjusted kid. Good for you. Yeah. That's as well-adjusted as I could possibly be at that age. Um, I, I was probably just, you know, I was way too mature for that. Yeah, you give me that vibe. You like came out the womb with like a, a backlog like, of like. I made fun of kids like, who had pet rocks. Your tax returns. Tax returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 had tax returns at four. Like that's that's your, that's where you at. So. I said, mom, dad, what's my four hundred one plan? How is that? How is that performing? <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I, I don't remember. Like, you're a kid. I. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I had I I was a kid. I don't remember any specific, but I do. I had a little brother and uh, he I just specifically remember him. He had these grape tomatoes that he like kept around like he kept them for like two weeks. Right. And they all had names and he would like sleep with them and they were just like tomatoes and they would like sit at the table with us. And I wake up one morning and he's like screaming like as loud as he can. And in this sleep, he had like rolled over Obviously. and like squished one of the tomatoes and it had like squirted out. And he's like, I killed him. I killed him. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So I do Your think parents- there's like something innate. Your parents like, should have told him, don't kids. sleep with the baby in the bed. Like, the baby needs its own crib. It's parenting. I agree. You know, life lessons. I agreed. Life I'm, lessons. Follow life up lessons. Questions. Follow up I questions. mean. So, these pets, yes. was there one tomato or multiple tomatoes? There was multiple tomatoes. And I think how long did they last? Yes. Like, were your parents like, oh, my God, we're fucked when these go rotten? Like it is going to be the end of you know what my mom my mom is an avid listener and I'm sure she's gonna chime in but from from my memory I believe that they'd swap out the tomatoes like they'd start getting bad and then they'd like secretly swap them out like one time so like they're always like fresh classic you know like that would be I think like they were clever like that the last question and you might not know this but like how long did this (laughs) go on how long was the swapping of tomatoes 
I, I, I've got to say it was maybe month. It was probably a month. It was probably two months, you know, that like it, it was time. like a thing. It was a thing for a while. It was okay. like a thing in the house. Literally you know? my last so, question. I keep yes. saying my last question, but this is my last <laughs> I love it. I Did love it have it. names? Did the tomato have names? The tomatoes? The tomatoes. Oh yeah. The, I don't remember the names, but oh, they each one named. had a name. And like each a one had its own name. Yep, they were named. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, I think that's a thing like kids do, right? Like they assign personalities to things. But that's actually a perfect segue into the pet rock because they, that was the success of this was building this, this identity to this literal inanimate piece of object. So I found this story fascinating. I read the history. I was like, who, who the hell came up with this? How did they come up with this? What is the genesis of the pet rock? And before we actually get into that, let me explain what the pet rock is. It's literally a rock in a box. That's it. <laughs> that was it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a rock in a cardboard box. That's what, that's it. There's, there's no, there's nothing else to the product. <laughs> I was waiting use it a rock in a box and I was waiting for maybe like something to come after the box and you're like that's it nope that that's it is it, a it was a rock box? in a cardboard box yeah 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 I will get into the box we'll get into the box because it is packaging like that was part of it but literally what they were selling a rock just I'm gonna any old fucking rock I am going for $3.95 a pop $3.95 a pop in 1975, that's no, that's like, I have my notepad, and instead of continually interrupting, I'm just going to bullet point my list of <laughs> no. questions because I love it. Caitlin. There's quite, there's quite it. a lot. So, um, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Let me tell the story, story, and then you just, yeah. Let me give you the background because yes, I knew this would just trigger so many things. But feel free to interrupt. I mean, we've gotten great feedback on our banter. You know, like I, I think we can roll with it. So let me let me let me give you the background, right? Greg Dahl, he is working as a freelance advertising copywriter. So he's come from advertising in 1970s, right? Um, he is quoted as saying, basically, freelance advertising copywriter was synonymous with being broke. So like he was just kind of like bouncing around doing little copywriting jobs here and there. He was at the bar with some friends when their conversation turned to the topic of how destructive pets are in homes. You know, my cat, my cats have ruined my couch. Like this is I, it's not even a, it's a fruitless fight. Right. Like I try to get them off. They know it gets my attention and they do it more like it is a fruitless endeavor. Pets ruin shit in your house. Your cats right? are so attention. He, they're talking to, like they need to be in front oh, of the camera all the time. Yeah, they or like are climbing the on the chairs. They're attention seekers. Yep. Like just like running in here. I'll be in a meeting, a pitch meeting. And they'll just like walk on my desk in front of me. Like, yeah, they they know how to get my attention. And part of that is scratching the couch because I'll be like, get it, get out of there. Anyway, we're all in agreement. Dogs chew stuff. Cats ruin things. Um, 
and and not to mention like their conversation greg Dahl with his friends is like the pets take a lot of attention the walking the feeding the cleaning up like they take a lot of attention so Dahl, you know trying to get a laugh at the bar was like he he'd be better off with a pet rock and he got a laugh big laugh everybody thought it was hilarious and he gets home that night and he's like you know that was a funny joke that I told. Let me see if I can make it an even funnier joke. And he started uh, writing an owner's manual for this pet rock. So he started actually like using his copywriting skills. And he, he the manual like discussed how best to handle the rock. Um, the tricks that the rock could do, play dead being like the, the best one that it could do. Like what tricks could this pet rock perform? And how could how it could be a a great pet because of its long lifespan? It was like very satirical, very you know tongue in cheek. This is your pet rock. Um, and then on top of it, Greg just thinks this is the most hilarious thing in the world. So he's like running with this. He's got time on his hand. He works in advertising. The man's got time on his hands. So uh, he he's on top of this manual. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna put it in like those pet boxes that you see at PetSmart with the holes in it. You know those cardboard boxes with the little holes so the rock can breathe. And he makes a prototype, gets one shows it to his friends they think it's hilarious and he actually elicits investment from them to say hey let's try to sell this and they they give about ten thousand dollars each which in 1975 is is no small sums of money so he he gets twenty thousand dollars to invest in this pet rock he he goes to his local sand and gravel company and sources rocks from them that they're not using um put it in the box and then boom he's ready to launch for three dollars and 95 cents a pop so in that story caitlin let me ask you a question what marketing elements do you see doll utilizing in like the the inception of this pet rock what marketing tactics? you have so many questions yeah, you are, you you did not hear me. You are lost. You are like down the rabbit hole of like what the fuck is this? Okay, I'll let you start, Caitlin. I know you are just like you are. You are just in your notes. Like, what is going on? I okay, actually I do me. have a ton of notes, but I think you're answering my questions as so. I'm glad I didn't ask the questions prior to this because it totally would have disrupted yeah. the flow of your podcast. Um, so you are answering some of my questions. Good. The marketing tactics, actually one thing that I wanted to compare it to was us and NewsTube. So we, for listeners out there, we acquired a site with quite a high domain authority. And it used to be a cultural celebrity publication site. And we just kind of decided to disrupt that. And the pitch ideas that Zach and I like throw back and forth to each other, like have us LOLing on the floor. Like, we just think they're so funny. And I just know that when we launch, people are going to say, What in the fuck are these articles? But internally, they're so funny. They are so funny to us when I read back some of the content that you've been writing. I agree. Um, so I see a lot of parallels. And if our news tube channel is 
even half as successful as what you're going to tell me this pet rock campaign was, I am going to be really happy with us. Um, Good. Good. So the pet rock, you asked what marketing tactics he used. Is this something like I would, are you asking me what marketing tactics I would use or what do you, what do I think he started with? Yeah, what do you think he started with? Because we will get in. I I have us I have us creating a Pet Rock 2.0 campaign. Okay. That we will go into the marketing tactics you and I would use. Um, do you see him? I mean, I'm kind of leading you to something. Do you want me I to kind of like just? Uh, I, I see him building a lifestyle, right? It's like it's it's he wrote the manual. He put it in a box. Nice. Like this is why I called it marketing in its purest form because it's it's a fucking rock and now all of a sudden there's a three dollar and 95 cent value to that rock because all he did was build a brand and and a lifestyle and and created around a rock it is like marketing in its purest form right I like that you led me a little bit because I was going to speak to the power of storytelling. Like you're going to either get people mm-hmm. that are on board with this or people that don't get it. And you're and you're dividing your audience. You're creating a very divisive tactic with this storytelling. Mm-hmm. So either people think you're funny or they don't think you're funny. Um, and that is the power of like a target market and a target audience. You're like, you're either you're on board and you get it and you're going to invest in this storyline or you're not, and that's okay with me. Um, so just the power of knowing yep. your target demographic. Yeah, and the power of building a brand voice. Yeah. I mean, you can build, we, he literally built a brand voice for a rock yeah. and it sold yeah. and people bought it. Yeah. Cause like, you're right, people buy the story, right? It doesn't matter the product. In the marketing sense, if you build a story around the product, people are gonna buy it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the product is. And it I could be literally a fucking rock. Even to kind of like put it in today's times, it's like people do know the power of storytelling because they have an about us section. On every single website, there is mm-hmm. an about us section. People want to know the genesis of your company, um, but there's a tactful way to do it because the about us section is old. It is like retire it because people understand Mm -hmm. we're startup mom and pop family. And, you know, we're we get it. We've heard that story before. But Mm -hmm. what what Greg Dahl was, what what he did just rewrote that script. Like, we're not going to try to uh, we're not going to try to play into your emotions. We're going to create a story around a rock and it's going to be funny and you're either in or you're out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, great. I love it. I think that's a great call out, Caitlin. So, um, Dahl gets his investment. He gets the rocks. He gets the cardboard boxes. Uh, He's ready. So, in 1975, uh, Dahl went to a gift show in San Francisco and set up shop just in a booth um, promoting the pet rock. And he instantly got amazing feedback. It was like the hit of the the gift shop show. Like people loved it. Uh, Neilman, Marcus, and Bloomingdale's, which are department stores, uh, both signed on to buy rocks in bulk so they could sell them on their shelves. Uh, Not kidding you. Bloomingdale's, like you walk into Bloomingdale's and you see like a shelf of of pet rocks. Yeah. They both signed in. So he's making like... 
I know maybe you don't get this because you're not like a clothing fanatic like I am, but in the scale of department stores, Bloomingdale's is top tier. Neiman Marcus is top tier. Like they are selling YSL, like Gucci. And then they have a pet rock. So what? Yep. (laughs) Yep. I know. I pulled those out for you. I was like, because you got some other ones, but those were the two that I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. dude, these are like designer stores. stores. Designer selling rocks. Stores. Yeah, selling, selling rocks. Okay. Um, so uh, it, it, this kind of takes off. People see it. And then Newsweek, the, the publication Newsweek, uh, did a story on Doll with a picture and a, like what he's doing with the product. And from there, it just blew up. Like as soon as it went in Newsweek, it blew up. the The show was in August in 1975. By December that same year, so six months, uh, Doll was selling 100,000 pet rocks a day. 100,000 rocks a day. Let that sink in. I have 100,000 people are buying a rock. A day for $3.95. I just have to ask one of my questions at this point because I understand, like, you and I, we think that this genesis of the pet rock is hilarious. It's funny. We get his humor. We get the satire of it. And apparently, like, the buyers at Neiman Marcus, the buyers at Bloomingdale's understood the satire of it. But the buyers, the buyers the consumers that walk into Neiman Marcus and buy a pet rock. What is their intention with the pet rock? Because it comes, it is not useful. (laughs) No use whatsoever. You do not get anything back from it. So it's more like, it's funny. And this is something that I can show my friends. Like, look at how ridiculous this thing is. But beyond that, what is the value of it? We don't marketing the story, the story. Yeah, it was honestly my question to you at the end of this. Like, what do you like? What do you think was the appeal? I'm at a loss too. like, I I don't get it. Okay, maybe I'll have an answer if I hear the 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 rest of the story. Okay, keep going. Well, well, let me let me actually so he's selling he's selling a lot. This is pretty much like I mean, this is pretty much the end of the story. It's a fad. It, It has its heyday for a year, two years, and then it dies off. Right. Um, but they made their business margins. They made 95 cents per rock. And ultimately, like over the course of their first eight months, they sold 1.5 million rocks, making 95 cents a pop. Um, Dahl earned over a million dollars from this idea. He launched his own ad firm as a result of uh, oh, Rock Dahl. Bottom Productions. Shut up. I yeah, love it. Um, Greg Dahl, if you're out there. Yeah, I loved it too. No, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2015. But um, I, I think it was clever, Rock Bottom Productions. And then my little tidbit that I loved is like when you called it, he would have the receptionist like answer, you've reached Rock Bottom, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious, right? Like that's, that's funny. So he, the guy's got some wit. The guy's got some wit. Um, so uh, this kind of leads into our discussion about the appeal, right? So let me ask you this. What do you see as the difference? Cause we're like, why would people buy this? It's funny. It's a gag, but genuinely on a product end, what do you see as the difference between a pet rock and Barbie, 
right? Is is not Barbie the same type of system where it's this inanimate piece of plastic, but you build this lifestyle around it? Barbie can go in her car. Barbie can go in her mansion. This pet rock plays dead. This pet rock is long lasting. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, it's the What do you see? Like I was thinking about that. Like what is the true difference between the Barbie franchise and a pet rock? Like my knee jerk reaction and commentary to that is Barbie was the first influencer of my time. And I think I was (laughs) the peak of Barbie's success uh, when I was younger. So when I got a Barbie, it was like, this is who you want to aspire to be. Like Barbie was beautiful. Barbie rode dolphins. Barbie was a lifeguard. Barbie had this mansion. Like Barbie was an influencer and I could immerse myself in this Barbie world and be able to escape my reality for a second. Um, That is definitely the same as social media now. You get to immerse yourself in a world to escape your current reality. The pet rock, the difference is I don't see the pet (laughs) rock as being, like this isn't something I aspire to be. This is not something I look up to. Um, So that's the difference with Barbie. But as I was saying that out loud, there are other toys. Like there's a Tonka truck. yeah. You don't aspire to be a Tonka truck, but you still, I think, yeah, now I'm talking out loud. I'm talking through this. Like you still get to immerse yourself in some sort of world. Like my brother was obsessed with trucks. He wanted to be a, con- a contractor when he grew up, like, or a fireman. Yeah, yeah. And it's because you get yeah. to envision yourself in these worlds of make-believe. Um, And so yep. I think... Although it's still insane to me because the, I I would need to read like the owner's manual. I would need to figure out what type of world that Greg Dahl painted, but, um, and maybe like what the cardboard box looked like. Like if the cardboard box had some sort of decoration (laughs) or like if it, if it was kind of like, no, it's just a cardboard box. Okay. Um, if, with holes in it, with, with, holes. with like branding on it. It's like pet rock. Yeah, it was, but it was like, that That was it. That I need it. to figure out what type of world he created with this. But to some degree, you do get to immerse yourself in a different reality than you're currently in. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what what Barbie and pet rock do very similar is he he created a personality for this rock. Right. It's not hard for our human brains to like if you read this rock plays dead and he likes, you know, to be skipped on the water or whatever it might be. You know, like if you assign personality and humanistic traits to the rock, then it becomes there's there's some you you can be immersed in it. It's the same with Barbie. Barbie, you know, lives in a mansion. It's all marketing. Yeah, it's all of its marketing. Right. Yeah. Like that's it's that's it. And then we assign so much value to these. Yeah. You know, a piece of fucking rock yeah. or a plastic, whatever it might be, right? I like this a lot and I like I appreciate this podcast for us specifically because we uncover, we dive into all of these 
kind of marketing phenomenons. And what brings what brings back memories is our flow podcast and why flow has been so mm. successful. It's because they created a personality that people were attracted to. Um, and it really all goes back. Exactly. I think a commonality between everything that we've discussed to some degree is this power of creating a, a false reality that you get to step into when you're interacting with a subject. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the pet rock. I completely agree. Did that to some degree. It's like, I have to know in its purest form. In its purest form. Yeah, you, we could look it up. I, I don't want to share the screens because like the video gets a little wonky when one of us shares screens, but otherwise I, okay. we, we can look it up. We'll post it to the Facebook group. Yes, How about will. that? We'll put, if you want to see what the pet rock looks like, we'll post it to the Facebook group. Um, yeah, so uh, here's my other question as well is like this was a fad. It, it, it clearly tapped into some kind of zeitgeist in the 1970s. People were looking for, you know, something gaggy or fun or whatever, whatever their reasoning was. They bought it in droves. Do you see any difference in the pet rock and then the TikTok product trends that we see today where like a product will go viral on TikTok and all of a sudden everybody's like the example I know is like they had for a while they had those like super juicy like fruit chews and like they everybody was like buying them on TikTok and then they sold out and it was a big thing and it's like do you see any difference between the consumer behavior of like purchasing the pet rock and like yeah this wild mass of like trendy tiktok products coming in yeah do you uh, see any differences or is it pretty much the same um when you first started asking me that i was thinking there's a lot of differences um one is that these products on tiktok or instagram go viral because one influencer or picks it up and then another influencer picks it up and then another one and then another one and then another one and then it's just a snowball effect and everyone has to have it because their neighbor has it so when i got to that conclusion then i thought okay there is a similarity it's the the idea of being left out of the picture it's like well my neighbor has a pet rock i need to figure out what this pet rock is about so there's this uh you know if neiman marcus is buying it well it's got to be cool. It's got to have some sort of reputation around it that yeah. I want to be a part of. I want to be able to say, I want to be able to take part in the conversation of the pet rock. And that's the similarity between all of these viral products um, on TikTok. Yes. You want to be able to speak to it and yes. talk to it. And yes. even, I mean, even if you didn't buy a pet rock, you have an opinion about the pet rock, yeah. right? It's the same thing. If you're like, oh, that's so stupid. You need to know like you just it. want to be able to take part with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, I think uh, I see, and like you said, starting with influencers, I mean, in 1975, the big influencers were publications and same thing happened. Newsweek talked about it. And then all of these other local publications are talking about it. And now everybody it's, it's a part of the zeitgeist. So I just see like it's a lot of similarities with why this works, but it, it's such a stupid reason why the pet rock works, but it's, it's utilized with Barbie and products today. Like it's still, there's a, there's a trend and a commonality in consumer behavior as well as like marketing tactics. 
that could be used. That, that's I, I want to get us. I want to talk about us relaunching the Pet Rock uh, now for a little bit. But do you have any final thoughts? I mean, how stunned are you? Like zero to ten, like ten being like, what did I just listen to? Like, where are you at? Like, not knowing the Pet Rock before this. Like, <laughs> where where are you at? Like I said, I appreciate this example because it relates so intimately with some of the other topics that we covered. So at the beginning, uh, I had so many questions and by the end of it, I came full <laughs> like, yes, this is a topic we should be discussing in depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Good. I'm glad. And you hid your skepticism so well at the beginning too, Caitlin. Well done. Well yeah. done, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, okay well let's let's have some fun because we did this in the military podcast i'd like to do it again with you 2.0 so uh they're relaunching the pet rock but it needs rebranding right uh so let's build a campaign we we're hired as an agency to to release pet rock 2.0 i have some yes do we sell it in our nonprofit church that's my first thing sell it in our nonprofit. yes yes Okay. Yes. Where we have the military recruitment center that's running our military tagline. We are just building this like iconic piece of marketing somewhere. It's our own little marketing utopia. As an example of the mall podcast, it's like we're taking this and figuring out how to make money from all of these marketing things that we've done a deep dive into. Yeah, we're we bought a gutted out mall and now we're filling it with all of our ideal marketing, marketing utopia. situations. Make sure yep, to I love foliage. it. We know the power of foliage in a mall. Yes, we do. Yep. Community areas. Community yeah, areas. listen to that podcast. Listen to that podcast. Honestly, one of my favorite ones. Um, but okay, here we go. P- Pet Rock 2.0. I have some branding questions for you off the bat. So, gray rock, cardboard, brown box black text that was the color scheme do we do we keep that color scheme gray rock in a brown box with black text do we keep true to the tradition so i guess the brown box i guess my thinking is maybe a better question to start is do we if we're relaunching this do we go after the people that were young in 1975 that had a pet rock that bought a pet rock and now it's like do we go to the nostalgia route or do we try to tackle we try to get a new generation to buy onto this fad that oh, happened in the 70s such what's, a great your, what's question. your gut reaction such a great question because i am my emotions right now are polarizing uh because on one hand <laughs> I'm like, yes, everyone loves a good nostalgic throwback, i.e. Stranger Things. Like the success of Stranger Things was because they centered it around these iconic 80s themes. Um, So Mm. that was my, that's one half of my personality. (laughs) The other half of my personality (laughs) is like, nobody likes a sequel that's not redone or that's not done well. Nobody oh, likes the sequel yeah. that like tries to just drag on, like just leave a good, yeah. leave a good thing be. So those are my two personalities. I agree. 
I, I, I think those are tied in the same, though. I think you bring up great points because the nostalgia factor. I mean, the people watching Stranger Things are mostly younger people. They are. They weren't around in the 80s. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, they weren't they weren't around in the 80s, but they loved the 80s nostalgia. Yeah. Right? Like they're just like, "Oh, this is great." Like Metallica's song from Stranger Things like jumped to the Billboard 100 because it was on Stranger Things. I, so I do think there's an element of we can still be nostalgic but go after the new market because they love those you know 70s, 80s type of things. So let's right? use, let's keep using this Stranger Thing example because Stranger Things was not a revamp of anything in the 80s. It took different 80s elements and made something new. So, and that was a yes. success. Um, because nobody in the 80s yes. generation could be like, what the hell? Like, this was such a cool, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was so cool. Why'd you, why did you have to kind of like yep. take it out of the grave? Um, so maybe... In this example, taking Stranger Things, we figure out how to do the pet rock, but make it new. We have to make something new out of it. Mm. We can't just say, oh, this is pet rock 2.0, and now it's a female. Let's paint it pink, the pink tax. Yes. Uh, yes. And appeal yes. to females. Like, no, we have to do something new. Um, That's what I was getting at when I was thinking through this as well. So I think maybe the first thing that we can do that's new is, uh, you know, it was just a rock in a box with an owner's manual, right? Is there any other elements that we could put into the packaging or put into the, like, do we give them a little leash? Like, is there any other elements that, like the Barbie model, right? Like Barbie has her mansion, Barbie has her car, Barbie has Ken, Barbie has, uh, you know, like, is there, do you have any like satirical tongue in cheek ideas that we could roll into. Again, I don't rock. think it's a strong enough storyline to just recreate the pet rock, but put it in a mansion or put it outside in mm. uh, nature, or it's not a strong enough storyline. We have to take the same concept, which is give something inanimate a personality and a story. That's the concept mm. of it. Uh, so mm -hmm. what can we do that appeals to Gen Z millennials? Cause that is the buying demographic right now. Um, they have the buying power, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we don't make it a pet rock. So it, 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 we can run with the inanimate object, but, um, can we, uh, yeah, I like where you're going with this. I like where you're going with this. Can I throw a curveball at you and say, what if not a product? What if we like try to run a fake campaign for Iraq on a political? Because it's like the Congress people are just as useful as this rock, and it's like tying into that political angst of like these Congress people don't do anything. So instead of Rock 2.0, it's Rock 2024. Ooh. You know, Ooh. Um, so we like, find and then it's like a candidate, and you can like buy the little inanimate object. And oh, like, I like political it. Fund. So we actually just create mm. a campaign around it instead of an actual product. I think that might have some legs. But then we can sell the product and just say, you buy this pet rock no. and then or we, it's a political fund. We sell paraphernalia. Yeah. So hats with yes. the marketing slogan. We don't actually sell the rock because you can't buy a political figure. Wait a second. Or can you? Yes. Well, 
You can't, you can't, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't. You can't buy The Rock. So I like it. You can buy things supporting The Rock. That's what it is, yes. We have t-shirts that are in the old 70s style because we love a good retro throwback. Yes. So 70s style and it says support Rock 2024 or something. Yes, I love this. So we run a camp, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm into it. So, a and it'll be, and our, it's just like just as useful as our other Congress people, right? Yes, yes, and it's so funny <laughs> yeah. because obviously the political landscape we don't need to get into that but this is on every the political landscape is on every single person's mind gen z is active in it millennials are active in it uh people from the 70s are active in it when i say 70s like people who grew up with this pet rock yeah the nostalgia Mm -hmm. and then we run this campaign so Mm -hmm. the people in the 70s the people from the 70s will actually know and understand and then the millennials and gen z will uh uh, attach themselves to this idea because it is satirical and everyone else is talking about it and they want to be a part of the conversation yeah and i I love it again i love that and i do think i was and then i was doing like math in my head so this was the original was released in 1975 that's like what 25 years it'll be about so the pet rock will be 50 years old 49 years old perfect age to run for congress you know like i think that that's like how we can phrase it right like and we it's, sell uh, it's gonna the, be 50 years old we sell the paraphernalia at neiman marcus at bloomingdale's like these are yeah. department yeah. stores that will want yeah. to relive this whole thing and we create like a conceptual store inside the department store so people walk in and they're in this whole like rock pet rock universe (laughs) but it's like the camp it's like a campaign it's a whole campaign right and it's yeah it's it's like he's on tour um or he or she so then i what we'd have to do is essentially give this candidate rock a personality a personality like what, what a does story. they stand what do they stand for yep. mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well the story's kind of written right like the story's like in 1975 i was you know like brought into like that's kind of like all i did up, was you know, play kind of dead a, a and here i am <laughs> yeah I, love I, I had my time in the 70s and I've been living in the booties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. So um, let's let's end it on my favorite part where uh, what what's a tagline for this rock candidate that we're going to, uh, you know, I, I did throw out like better than our current, better than any current Congress person, maybe um, more brains than our current Congress. Um <laughs> That's like yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's got to be like tongue in cheek. That's more of a statement than a tagline. <laughs> um, vote rock. More brains. He's got more brains than our current Congress people. Vote rock. Um, I'm thinking like new age, new rock, pet. Oh, pet Congress, pet rock. There's something like that. Like oh. I love it, pet. Con- what about rock the boat? What about just rock the boat? What about rock the boat? <laughs> rock the boat. <laughs> just a double callback. Pet rock, rock, to the, rock boat. the boat. <laughs> oh my god. 
That's the slogan. I love Pet Rock the that Vote. Pet Rock the Vote. All right. If you guys, yeah, if when this podcast is released and you're listening and if you Google it and there's all of a sudden a website, you know, Caitlin and I have actually tried to turn this into a business opportunity. <laughs> Lest we forget, the, the, the Greg Dahl made a million dollars off this idea. And uh, I read a lot of things. You, he, he couldn't patent it because it's just a rock. You can't patent a rock. There's no trademark. There's no patent. It's a fucking rock. Huh. So all I'm saying, all I'm saying. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's sticking. The wheels are turning now. I mean, shit, all right. Well, that was fun. We know how to build a website. We know how to I, get I know. going. Like, man. And we know how to market something. It's it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Yep. So, um, yeah, amazing. That was so much fun. I thought we'd lighten it up a little bit. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you're interested, you'd like this stuff, be sure to listen more, like, subscribe, do all the things on all the channels that you're listening on. And, uh, if you'd want some follow-up or to ask Caitlin and I questions, be sure to follow us on Instagram, MacmillanPhillips.agency and our Facebook group, Manipulating the Podcast. I think Manipulating it's Manipulating the Masses, the masses podcast. podcast. I always that one up. Manipulating the Masses podcast. I always mess that one up. Um, join that and you'll you'll get access. We do a Facebook Live uh, to kind of talk about the episode and, and recap every Monday. Clearly, so be sure to see us then. We might need some topics to run with in the next couple of weeks. So drop your <laughs> ideas if you're sick of listening to marketing on rocks. Okay? Thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs>